1: It's the Premier League preview show for week 32 of the 18-19 season and we are back for the final push to the finish with much still to be decided. Liverpool top the table with Manchester City in second but the champions have a game in hand which just happens to be a Manchester derby in April. It's a North London 1-2 in positions 3 and 4 with United and Chelsea snapping at their heels. Well, Not Chelsea so much. They've still got Maurizio Sarri in charge. I know, it's so strange, isn't it? We can't work it out either, but there you go. That's the way it is. Anyway, at the bottom, two will be gone before we get to May, but the third, it looks like being Cardiff or Burnley, but there are still plenty of other clubs in the mix. Those two play each other in a couple of weeks' time, so can't afford to drop any more points before then. I'm Tom Rennie, and this is the Premier League preview show. Our panel today, TalkSports football editor David Walker is back with us, also David Connolly, former West Ham, Leicester and Southampton striker, and Kevin Watson is here as well, Tottenham legend, and of course former Reading man as well, you like that didn't you, Tottenham legend, because <laughs> you play for the legends well, as opposed to, you do play like, for them. I'd like to say over 35s.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's as fine. The legend,
1: <laughs> okay, old Tottenham man. Uh, Kev Watson is here as well. Uh, and if you are listening to this program on a radio station, you can download an extended podcast. Uh, search for TalkSport Premier League Preview Show on Acast, iTunes, or any good podcast provider. Right, lads, let's get into match one, the big one of the weekend. We thought this might actually be a bit of a. Be a bit of a title decider a few weeks ago, but, of course, Tottenham have, have fallen apart a bit. It's Liverpool against Tottenham on Sunday, 4.30. Kick-off, Liverpool unbeaten in their last 36 home matches. If they avoid defeat here, it will be the joint second-longest unbeaten home run in the competition's history. Chelsea from 04 to 08, and Man City 10 to 12 have better runs right now. Spurs winless in their last four Premier League games. One, uh, one draw uh, and three defeats in that time. If they lose or draw this one... It'll be their worst run since under Harry Redknapp back in 2012. Uh, Kevin, let's come to you first on this, Tottenham Hotspur. Danny Rose this week has said the season has been a real test of character for Tottenham. Uh, They're out of the title race, defending the rear at the moment from those teams behind them. But this week, not only have they got the game against Liverpool, which I want to get to, of course, but also they've got their first game at brand new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, all shiny and ready to go. The electricity works, the water is running, uh, the artisanal cheese is ready... Uh, um seems a bit unfair, doesn't it, that they could be approaching this stage of the season and they're defending their Champions League position as we kind of thought they would be at the start of the year and now they get
2: this massive boost of, of going into their new ground this week. It seems a bit wrong, doesn't it? Well, you say massive boost. I mean, it's worked against other clubs, hasn't it? Arsenal, when they first went into the Emirates, it didn't quite work for them. Your team, West Ham, definitely didn't work for them when they went to the London Stadium. You
1: had to get that in, didn't you? Yeah.
2: Well, I'm just, <laughs> I knew you were going just, there immediately. Just comparisons. Just comparisons. I actually thought, and I told everyone, they'll come up with excuse after excuse. They won't move into the stadium this year. I thought they'd see it out, play their games at well, their home games at Wembley. Um, because they had the situation where they first went to Wembley where it didn't quite work out th- for them. And now they have seem to have combated that and they're all right there what way will it work for them? I mean, why wouldn't you want to go and play in this new magnificent stadium? However, the surroundings are different. The pitch dimensions will probably be different. It's a whole different arena for them to go and play in. Um, And it will be really interesting to see how they adapt to that. Other teams, I know if I was playing for someone else, would want to go there and think, wow, you know, what a place to go and play your football. They're going to up their game. That's human nature. So it remains to be seen how it's going to affect them. I'd like to think it affects them in a positive way. But um you know they're in a precarious position I think at the minute especially
3: going to Liverpool on on mm-hmm. Sunday who are magnificent at home. Mm-hmm. They can't they can't really afford to be sitting there thinking about about Wednesday night about this game against Crystal Palace which will, which will be a tricky one. Palace are a good away from home. But this game against Liverpool is a massive one. You say it's not a title decider. It's it's not in the way that we thought it might be. It's probably Liverpool's hardest game they've got in the, for the rest of the season in the Premier League and and Spurs have got to play Man City in the Premier League and the Champions League of course so it's one of Spurs' hardest games as well it's a massive game for both teams Yeah
4: and obviously I think for Liverpool as you say this is their hardest probably and Chelsea At Anfield. Mm. And then other than that, I think they'd fancy their chances. And going back to Tottenham, I'm surprised Danny Rose is speaking because his error against Southampton was absolutely awful, arguably cost them the game. To me, as fullback, he let the ball run through his legs in the six-yard box. What was he doing? So a couple of really poor results. Obviously, the Burnley one seems to be the catalyst. And then the result against Southampton, look, they should have been 3-0 up. At half time, they should have been three. Not that game should have been out of sight. They should have banked the three points going into this game in a much better frame of mind, thinking about that you know, cementing that top four, make sure they've got that top four spot instead. Obviously, looking over their shoulders.
1: So, I mentioned this is potentially their worst run since under Harry some seven years ago. So, that makes it Potatino's worst run as Spurs manager. What has gone wrong in, in the last few weeks? You mentioned Danny Rose's individual error. Is that what's happened across those games or are there other issues here?
4: Well, I mean, it's good that Deli Ali's back and he had a great assist for Kane. Um, you know, but obviously potch hasn't helped himself either in terms of being in the stand for a couple of games. You know, he's lost his call. Cool. I think the Burnley result was the catalyst. You know, he lost his call. Cool. Harry Kane lost his composure as well. And since then, it's been a, a kind of steady decline. Look, you can't argue though in the Champions League. Obviously, they've been brilliant. But certainly, their league form, I think they definitely need to make signings in the summer. Um, they didn't in the, in the previous summer they're gonna have to I think to to take that next step.
3: What do they do Kev in in this game against Liverpool going to Anfield? How do they win the game? What do they do?
2: Very difficult they're on the back of a you say a little bit of a sticky run the the sign-ins or the lack of sign-ins seems to be bearing fruit now against them They obviously missed Harry Kane for a while. They missed Dele Alli for a while. There was an argument when Kane first came back after his injury that it was almost detrimental to the team um, by putting him straight back in, which was at Burnley, wasn't it? And things didn't go to plan there. How did they win the game? I think they've got to get back to what they were doing. They've got to get back to high tempo, high intensity play. And I was just looking at the the fixtures and it's, it's almost like they need to go there and win. I don't think a draw... They'll take a draw, yes, because any draw at Liverpool, whoever you are, is a fantastic result. But when you look at the other fixtures, Manchester United at home to Watford, you're expecting a home win. Arsenal at home to Newcastle on Monday night, you're expecting a home win. I know football's a funny thing, you, you can't guarantee any of this. But... Um, but the likelihood is things, if Tottenham don't win at Liverpool, are going to really, really tighten up and all of a sudden there'll be even more pressure on them. Uh, I think,
4: sorry Tom, I think they've got to start a song. To me, um, he came off the bench. I think he probably. I think they need to go for the win. Whether it's a front mm. two, whether it's Kane and Son so as that front two, um, I think Ben Davies might come in at left back. Um, I think he's got to go. Maybe it might be a diamond. We saw them do that really well against Man United. I think they've got to go for the three points, no doubt.
2: Uh, what
1: of Liverpool? Uh, they won their last game against Fulham by two goals to one. It took some. Sergio Rico assistance for them to win that game uh, giving the penalty away for fulham to win by, by uh, to beat fulham by two goals to one um again, there was no real free-flowing energy to the way Liverpool played. They got the job done, they got over the line. Is that how it's going to be for the rest of this season? Are they consciously managing games like that?
4: Well, look, they've had a decent break now, this international break. I think they're a little bit rusty after the Champions League, which I think can happen. You know, um, the important thing was getting the three points, which they did. It wasn't vintage Liverpool or whatever. At least they got the job done. Um, the likes of Firmino I think was, was a little bit off the pace. A few of them maybe needed a, a rest, and we've seen some of their players away on the beach and whatever obviously some have been playing football I think they really needed that break not only the game time physically but mentally and I think they're going to be really up for this game I fancy them to get the three points Liverpool
1: and top during that
2: break as well which is, is psychologically so important at this stage yeah it certainly is I, I think at Fulham they were lethargic I think it's well documented how Klopp trains these teams you know it's high intensity almost like how they play matches you know he won't suffer any any passengers um, and at some point, that will that will have an effect on you. And it, it looked like the high-intensity stuff that you see from Liverpool, the higher-tempo stuff where they get at teams, don't let them breathe, wasn't quite there against Fulham. It, they always looked in control. Um, but as you say, it did take a, an error, if you like, from the keeper to give them that opportunity. They just always looked in control, but it was all too slow for me. And, and they didn't really shift Fulham about the way that we've seen him move other teams about and, and upset team shape it was all too easy all in front of Fulham and They were fortunate in the end to get the three points.
4: I mean, one thing is they're not going to give away many goals, right? I mean, they conceded one against Fulham. You know if the likes of Van Dijk, who's had a terrific international break, you know, uh, they conceded, what, a goal a game, half a goal a game. You know, are Tottenham going to score any more than one? It's going to be so difficult for them. You think if Mane's on fire, if Salah finally sort of picks up form, they're going to get enough goals. I, I think Liverpool know that they've got to win this game.
1: Does he need to score a goal?
4: Salah. Salah, yeah, just anything. The scrappy one, the one that come off the backside, maybe. Um, he'll get the opportunities. Look, I think they've missed the likes of Alexander-Arnold, you know, even Joe Gomez, certainly. Even Salah going forward. I mean, you saw Alexander-Arnold. When he puts balls in the box, he gives you a real chance at scoring. Um, but, yeah, Salah... But he's still it, playing
1: well, isn't he? Like, he's, he's still not playing well, yeah. He's underperforming. He's involved in a lot of things. Yeah. He's assisting a lot of the goals that, that um, Sadio Mane is scoring. Yeah. The way he played at the Allianz, incredible. So...
4: Yeah, but look, Liverpool would not be where they are because of the dearth of goals from the likes of Salaf. It wasn't for you know the likes of Van Dijk and Alisson at the back. So that's where those signings from, from Klopp have been so important. Because if you're not scoring goals, that's not too bad as long as you're obviously keeping them out at the other end.
2: A uh,
1: quick one on options uh, for Liverpool. Uh, at the moment, there's some doubts about Navi Keita, and Trent Alexander-Arnold. But we've seen Adam Lallana come back in recent weeks. And also, in about 10 days, we might get Oxlade-Chamberlain back as well. And you mentioned the, the high press that maybe hasn't quite worked in recent weeks didn't work effectively against Fulham those two guys are the players
2: who can implement that aren't they they certainly are I mean Lalana uh, you'd say he's a little bit unfortunate that he's not played enough football this season however never lets you down very very skillful player knows the game at this level and added bonus that he's back involved um so yeah i i just I just think that come Sunday Liverpool will have enough firepower Um, and as Dave said if if Salah gets his goal scoring boots on then they're going to be a real threat to Manchester City and I say real threat they're already two points in front of them you know, so it's theirs now. I know Man City have got the game in hand, but you don't want to be playing catch-up with games in hand.
1: But in the league, Liverpool have not delivered in big games in 2019. The Everton game, the Manchester United game, the Manchester City game. Of course, they were away from home. How were they fair against Tottenham of the top four this weekend? We'll find out on Sunday. Listen, next up, I want to talk about uh, Watford, who go to Manchester United this weekend. United having lost their last two games. gonna Solskjaer, get him out. Right, let's get on to Manchester United up against Watford. It's Saturday at 3 o'clock UK time, this one gets underway. United lost their first league match under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer last time out in the Premier League against Arsenal of course they lost in the FA Cup against Wolverhampton Wanderers after that for Watford uh, FA Cup semi-finalists themselves of course they've taken just four points from 66 available away from home against the big six uh, losing their last 13 in a row including against Man City with that weakened team uh, about 10 years ago now about three weeks ago whenever it was Um, let's start by talking about Manchester United I was covering their game against Wolverhampton Wanderers in the Cup and they looked a little bit like like they had no idea what they wanted to do when Wolves had taken the game from them. Um, I thought Paul Pogba was was very petulant for the first time, really, under Solskjaer. But then against Arsenal, I was at that game, and I thought they played very well. It may well have been their best performance on the whole under Solskjaer, and yet they lost the game. Um, David Coghoun, let's come to you first on this. What has Ole Gunnar Solskjaer learned in the last couple of games, the last couple of losses?
4: Well, look, I think against Arsenal, as you say, I thought they played well. It could have been different, maybe. Lukaku hit the bar nil-nil. you know, if that had gone in. It could have been a vastly different game. Look, it's always difficult going going to the Emirates. So I think, look, you take that one on the chin. The Wolves' result, yes, it was disappointing, but I don't think necessarily they'll lose that much sleep over it. Look, Nuno Espirito Santo, his record against the big teams is exceptional. We know that. And at home, at at Molyneux, they're a really, really difficult side to play against. So, again, I think those two results... Yeah, let them off both. I would let, personally, I think, yeah, he's had a terrific run. You've got to remember, he beat PSG when, you know, that was uh, yeah. no one, nobody th- ever thought they'd be able to overturn that. And maybe there's just been a slight dip. You know, you've got to remember they've played an awful lot of football. Um, everything's gone their way. They've suffered two slight setbacks. But to be honest, they're going to they're gonna be far too strong for Watford here.
2: A slight dip or more than that? Um, I think it's important they bounce back. After those two games, there were signs in the Wolves game, and I think Solskjaer alluded to it, that there may have been a little bit of a transformation back to how they played under the previous regime. Slow, 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 predictable, no real energy. Um, So he'll need to nip that in the bud. Um, Arguably, they they could have tougher games than Watford, who are poor on the road as you say um, Old Trafford Theatre Dreams you know they have made it really really difficult once again to go there as opposing teams and to get anything so interesting game Mm. interesting game one that Manchester United are expected to win but it just becomes that little bit trickier after the last two results what of Louis van Gaal's comments this week, saying they haven't gone back to the Fergie
1: way of playing expansive, attacking football. The, the, he said Mourinho came in and
3: parked the bus, and now they do that, but they also take the handbrake off every now and then. Do you see that? No, I, d- I don't think so. I think you know, the games that I've seen Man United play under Solskjaer, I've, seen, I've quite, seen them play a few times in, in, in the flesh, and of course on TV as well. And you've got. To, I mean, it's not... We, we we do get caught up in a little bit in this romanticism and this idea that that Fergie every single game that he played was 4-4-2 and everyone was bombing <laughs> forward all the time he didn't do that he changed it tactically he went away in Europe and he had to adapt because they, they were not getting anywhere in the Champions League in the 90s and then they changed it in the latter part of that decade and they won it and he had to change he had to adapt he wasn't always free flowing attacking football all the time mm. that just simply wasn't the case just individualism tactics that's the only place and Solskjaer place. is the same not every single game can you just bomb forward and just blow everyone out of the water you can't do that you've got to change it up and he's good enough to do that but will they try and do
1: that against Watford
3: this weekend? Well, I think
4: he'll revert back to his starting team. Look, De Gea was on the bench. You know, he didn't start against Wolves. There's certain players that will come back in, I imagine. Um, Pereira, probably. You know, so they will be stronger. I think I think he tried to shuffle his pack, arguably against Wolves. I think he should have shuffled it a little bit more, to be honest, with the games that they had. Um, look at Watford. They made seven changes, didn't they? Um, and, and obviously got through against Palace. It worked out. And it worked out. So, you know, I think Oli's learning all the time. You know, he learned from the first game in the Champions League against PSG. You know, he then implemented that in the second leg. And I, I just think it, he's a cracking manager who's just learning on the job and he's learning so, so quickly. But he's going to have the odd dip. And I think yep. it was just a tiny dip.
3: They'll come out the other side. I don't see any problems for, for Manchester United on, on Saturday for this game from from a Watford perspective. That Watford have obviously got the semi-final next Sunday at Wembley against Wolves which is the the biggest game of their season by some distance uh, they've also got a home game against Fulham on, on Tuesday
1: to interrupt is that what Grazia thinks does he now think that the FA Cup semi-final is the biggest game of the season will he rest players this does weekend and you, midweek do
3: you think he actually
4: wants European football does yes. he want to finish 7th well if
3: he, if he doesn't the club certainly do uh, and and I, I think he he wants to finish as high as he can in the league. And Watford want Watford would love to be in Europe. I don't think they would see it as a burden. I think they they would they would treat it differently than than say a club like Burnley did this season. Mm. I think they they would approach it. They'd be optimistic about it. They'd probably bolster the squad in certain areas if they needed to. But. A, that's a long way away. There's a lot of football to be played between now and But eggs that in the cut basket,
1: do you but think? I
3: now? think so. I think it has to be. The fans are desperate for it. The fans have had. Watford have been quite fortunate as a, as a club to have reached uh, five semi finals. Uh, in since they re- they reached the final in eighty four and <laughs> since then they've reached five FA Cup semi finals, which is more than a lot of clubs will ever do, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and they'd lost their, they lost they lost every one. And the fans are desperate to to avenge those failures. They lost to Southampton in oh three, lost to Man United in oh seven, lost to Crystal Palace three years ago when they didn't turn up under Kiki Sanchez Flores. It was a really We've disappointing, got now though, disappointing you, eh? match. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah, and I think it's a huge game for Watford. But the, these two Premier League games, you can't just throw them out of the window. You can't just completely write them off because the you know they might lose the semi-final next week, and then the league season's gone. Wolves are wolves might be five six points ahead of you, so the the fight is for seventh because that could get you into Europe. But it's also for the FA Cup. There's a lot of big games, but I think across these two games, you'll have to you'll have to shuffle the pack a little yeah. bit.
2: And you've got to protect people like Dale Lefeu. You've got to protect Troy Deeney. I'd be absolutely amazed, <clears throat> excuse me, if there wasn't a scenario like how they went to Manchester City. Amazed. It's not a free hit, but it's a game where we'll take whatever comes our way we'll see Fulham off in the week mm. and get our three yeah. points and then it, it, you, you're right you're in the semi-final of the FA Cup yes they want seventh they're in not no man's land but they'll be targeting I think Tuesday and Sunday as opposed to Manchester United on yeah. Saturday.
1: Eight from the cup mm. final will be all right. You know, right. Don't worry too much <laughs> well, about seventh at this, this stage.
2: Exactly.
3: Uh, right,
1: let's move on. Fulham against Manchester City. Fulham can only dream uh, of that kind of Watford scenario. They've got a, a kick-off at 12.30 on Saturday. City, uh, they've got a great record against everyone, but this record against Fulham is really, really good. I've got to tell you this one. This is a great stat, this. City haven't failed to score against Fulham in all competitions in 23 games, going back to March 2004, scoring 51 goals in that time which is an utter dominance of a team over an extended period. What, 15 years of just thrashing them? Uh, And Fulham at the moment, not a great Fulham side, as we know, conceding at least twice in each of their last 11 games and just a whole run of losses in that time. Um... I mean, is it even worth trying to predict this one? I mean, how many, well, six or seven?
3: Do you think? The only thing I, I, I want to ask about this game, obviously, man, you know, they should win it. We expect them to win it unless something goes disastrously wrong. But, but, David, as, as a as a former international, is there any hope? I mean, Fulham are full of internationals as well. But does returning from an international break, does that? Cause any disruption? Is there any negative effects that Man City could have potentially for a team like Fulham to take advantage of, or is that complete nonsense?
4: No, I don't think so. I mean, uh, look at Leroy Sané; he was sensational for Germany. Mm. So I know sometimes I'd go away, I'd come back, and I'd train really, really well. And they're like, "Oh, go away more often," you know. <laughs> you know, and that's obviously the effect that he can have on you. Um, you know, look at Raheem Sterling. I mean, you know, imagine how confident he is coming mm. back into the City side. I don't see too many players that have had a bad in international break there you know to be honest Gundogan come on he's had some game time um, you know so all over the park they just look in terrific form I can't see Fulham getting you no. know anything out of this look he's had a he's had a really good impact I think Scott Parker do you
1: think in what I sense I think so
4: I think they've, they've they've showed a bit of character a bit of bottle they've never been out of any game to me they've always been in 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 with a chance look they've still lost but they've only been losing by the odd goal I thought the Chelsea performance was decent I know they got beat I think it was by Leicester was it yep. 3-1 which yep. was they're facing a Brendan Rodgers side who's implementing a new style and, and I think that's always going to be a difficult one but I think they've always showed that certainly under Scott that they've had a, he's definitely had an impact look he's not going to start winning games when they're playing the likes of Chelsea and, no. and the likes of Man City we know that but he just needed to have a positive
3: impact I, I think he's done that but obviously City are in I mean they're, they're in a different league um, I think I think like like we were talking about Watford, maybe targeting the Fulham game over the Manchester United game. Fulham will will be doing the same. They'll be looking at that game on Tuesday, thinking, well, Watford have got a semi final a few days later. That that could be an opportunity for us to pick up a point, if not three.
1: Um, quickly got Ryan Babel, who scored against Liverpool last time out. Didn't celebrate though. Had red hair as well. A lot of things wrong with that. I thought, <laughs> um, but. I mean, he's actually been a quite a bright spot uh, for Fulham in recent weeks. He, he's, he's worked the channels, he's he scored goals. Um, I wonder if he might be in the Premier League next year with somebody.
4: Well, look, he's, he's played well for Holland in the international break as well. Um, you know, Ronald Koeman hasn't sort of cast him aside and he was probably an astute signing. But arguably, you'd say he might have been needed or required in the summer yeah. not necessarily in January um, but yeah he's had, he's, had a, he's had a decent impact you know but um, um, obviously just not enough for them
1: mm. Okay I'm going to ask you a quick one on Fabian Delph who started the game against Swansea in the Cup of course we all know that they should have gone out but VAR wasn't in play but we don't want to get into all that again this week uh, but he got taken off during the game Fabian Delph began the game at left back and was pretty poor has he lost the trust of, of Pep Guardiola do you think and, and is it going to be as in Zinchen- for the rest of the season Mendy could be back in a couple of weeks but there's some doubts about him being back in the first yeah, team it's a, well. it's,
2: a, it's a difficult one because he he played left back a lot of games didn't he at the start of this, this season and, and he was very last season Yeah, he made the spot his own um, so you've got to ask the question what's happened has something happened behind the scenes or but for him to be I think
3: Zinchenko's improved actually yeah as Zinchenko well. has he's improved played, yeah. he's got the trust of Pep and I think Sterling um, I think Delft He's had good games. He's done. Work. He's clearly an adaptable player, someone that will work hard and will give everything for the team in that in out of his natural position. But you, you must have done it. I don't know. Occasionally, mm. if you must have played out of position sometimes. Even if you sort of get into a rhythm and get used to it, sometimes you just naturally you will not always be able to be brilliant in that position. You'll there will always be deficiencies perhaps so that will it, just come back to haunt you. Yeah, I think so. And I, and
2: I and I think the that, that fact that Zinchenko is a left back, mm. it's not going to look too clever if you're playing someone at Manchester City who is not really a left back in front of someone you've brought in mm. um, I think Delph can fill in numerous positions and is very good for any squad in the top four mm. I, ne- I never was a big lover of him but having watched him over the last couple of years he's grown on me a little bit because I think he does a good job for the team and he'll never let you down he's almost like a Milner type character mm. um, oh I think that's high praise
1: well, Fabian Delph. It, it, James Milner is an ultra reliable success story. Fabian Delph's an utter liability. And in every game, he just tries to boot people up in the air. Like that's, he got, a, that's very hard. He got hauled off last that's week because harsh. Swansea were bossing him. The guy, all he does is either boot you. Or he's out of position. Well, there's
4: no doubt they're weaker, certainly, aren't they, in their fullback areas than a Liverpool, in my opinion, City. I mean, at least Pep has stuck oh, to definitely. this to this yeah. back four this season. I know he flirted with a back three, mm. you know, in, the, in previous seasons. It depends this is his, his
1: fit, really, I suppose, is not it? Well, Otamendi's been out a lot. he's exactly. always out. Yeah, Mendy's but, always out.
4: Yeah, but at least now I think that flirtation is gone. I think he's going to stick with this back four a bit like Liverpool. Um, now, whether Mendy is fit, you know when he's fit can you rely on him and Pep's already said we can't have someone who, who might be fit for part of the season who might not mm. so that, to me as much as I love mm. Zenchenko and he played holding midfield internationally uh, in the last couple of days mm. they do need a left back Come by Ben Chilwell Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, Lots of players could be out for City this weekend. Stones, De Bruyne, Mendy, Mendy, Otamendi, Delph, Fernandinho, of course, remains out. Company, and, of course, the long-term absentee, Claudio Bravo. So all those players may well be missing this weekend. Some could be back, but it's Fulham. Don't worry about it. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about Cardiff City, who may well survive this season. They're up against Chelsea on Sunday. Five minutes past 2 kickoff time on Sunday. Chelsea have won seven of their last nine matches against Cardiff in all competitions. Their only defeat in that sequence came at Ninian Park in the League Cup third round back in 1986 under John Hollins. Uh, For Cardiff, uh, they have won 71% of their Premier League points this season at Cardiff City Stadium. Uh, Let's talk about Cardiff first, Kev. I want to come to you first on this because I think this is so interesting at the bottom with Burnley's form, four straight defeats, now, they're just tailing off at the wrong time again after a decent run over Christmas and and Cardiff, their last league game was against West Ham and they blitzed West Ham that could have been 5 or 6, they felt the need to win, they knew it was an important game and they went out and got the job done they've just got that fight haven't they, which makes me feel they could really make it and, and they'll target Chelsea because Chelsea are
2: vulnerable Absolutely, and Neil Warnock wouldn't have it any other way, if you want a team who's fighting for survival and fighting for their lives at the bottom of the Premier League You'd want Neil Warnock in charge, and for some, somehow, he gets a tune out of these players. Firefighting, a bit like Sam Allardyce, he gets a tune. They're not by any means dead and buried. Um, they'll target this game, as you say. They won't hold any fear playing against Chelsea. Um, absolutely bossed West Ham. Mm. Um, I didn't actually see it coming, but.
1: I saw
2: it coming for me they don't know when they're beaten and it'll be tough for them because Chelsea are a a good side let's get it right they've not been amazing this year but they'll still expect to go there and win it won't be um, as easy as I think a lot of people think it will be for Chelsea to go there and, and, and win the game of football
1: And the issue is, David Connolly, is that if you stop Jorginho and you stop Eden Hazard, you stop Chelsea, and Cardiff have got people like Harry Arter, Joe Rawls. You put one of them on Jorginho, boot him off the pitch, they're done, aren't they? They're finished. (laughs)
4: Look, uh, to me, Cardiff, uh, I think they caught West Ham on a bad day, and I think it's a typical West Ham performance, you know, going there and getting beat. Um, They got hammered against Watford they got hammered by Everton they got hammered by Wolves it wouldn't surprise me if they got hammered by Chelsea Mm -hmm. it really wouldn't I just don't see that Cardiff have got enough to stay up I think they got lucky uh, in the West Ham game they got difficult games they got to play Liverpool as well they got to play Man City so to me I think they've got it all to do and I think maybe the West Ham result was a bit of an anomaly.
1: Any hope we just gave Cardiff fans ripped from them by David <laughs> Well,
4: we'll see. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, th- I think Chelsea, when they're on form, you know, I've, I've seen them in the Europa League and, and uh, at times they've looked absolutely sensational. I don't know how you can play 10 games in the Europa League, beat someone, what, 8-0, 10-0 on aggregate, you know, that late in the competition, it just shows you the, the lack of quality, really. But going back to the league, they'll have far too much, I think, they, for, they should do. for Cardiff.
3: They should do. And I, I think, the, the press conference will be interesting this, this week before the before the game, the Chelsea press conference, because you're going to get a lot of questions to Sari saying Hudson-Odoi's just started a game for England, came on uh, in the game at Wembley, both times had an impact, looked comfortable, looked assured, 18-year-old, full international, yet you won't give him a start. Why?
2: Uh, why? I he,
1: mean, I can't, see, I can't he'll understand get, it.
3: He'll get the questions,
2: but I don't think he cares. He, I don't yeah. think he cares. You had the whole... Um, Kante should be playing instead of Jorginho. Mm. Um, stuff, didn't we, early yeah. on in the season? It's and it budged. just water off a duck's back to him. He didn't care. Giorginio's, he's the least he's play- flexible manager we may yeah. have ever jo- had. Jorginho's his player. No, I want someone in He there doesn't do yoga, sorry, that's for sure. ...who, who can <laughs> handle the ball, who's going to get us playing. I don't know why he, he thinks Kante can't do that, because he can. Mm. Uh, in my mind, um, one of the best in the world at that job. Uh, so to play him right of a free or left of a free, wherever he plays him, in a fo- more forward role is is bizarre.
1: It's odd. And, and, and if you're playing for Chelsea in that role, you've got to score ten goals. Otherwise, kind of pointless. Uh, briefly on Ross Barkley, uh, who I'd imagine will either start this game or come on in the 70th minute, one or the other. He was pretty good for England, wasn't he, across the mm. across the two games. Very good in Montenegro.
2: Yeah, pleased for him. Um, got his move from Everton. Um... Came to Chelsea, didn't really pull up many trees, did he? It was almost Conte like did not like him. Did they, well, they were they were saying it was a chairman signing and not the manager signing at the time. Uh, had his injury problems, but he's now showing us the player he can be um, when he burst onto the scene at Everton. Terrific. Next best thing went off the boil. Come back to the boil. Got his move. Hasn't played. Had injuries. But really pleased to see what he's doing now. Good footballer. He's
4: got to do better in the league for me, Ross. Um, by Look, Montenegro were a really poor side. I think he should be scoring in goals in games like that. Scores in the Europa League, you know, but you're playing teams you're beating 8, 10 He's got to start doing the Premier League. He got hammered at Everton. I think he's one of those players who's got it all, but he's got to start doing it on a weekly basis, you mm. know, because he's got plenty of competition there. The likes of Loftus Cheek, hot on his heels, and he's got to show why he should be in that team. Look, he's a big, powerful boy, isn't he? But he's got to start. To you know, taking games by the scruff of the neck.
1: And just finally on Chelsea, before we move on, um, I was listening to Olivier Giroud earlier on today. He was saying that hopefully he'll get another deal at Chelsea because of the impending potential uh, transfer window ban. So next season, they might need to, what, just patch through with the likes of Olivier Giroud? I mean, it's a mess, Chelsea, isn't it? All, all told. And they need major surgery, don't they, in the summer? Well, got... First-team players need replacing, potentially.
4: Well, potentially. I mean, Eden Hazard, to me, is definitely, he's gone. He's going to go. I, I, if they I... can allow if go, they I can suppose, allow yeah. him to go. They've got Pulisic coming in, you've got to remember, so they'll be both bolstered by him um, but otherwise, you know, it might be someone like Giroud who's the benefactor of of obviously the transfer uh, embargo and too right, they should have it for what they've done with a lot of these young kids.
1: Alleged at the moment, let's, let's put that out there. Uh, right, let's move on. Burnley against Wolves, shall we? Saturday three o'clock. We mentioned Cardiff City, Burnley the other side, very much in the relegation mire right now. They lost 2-1 against Leicester City in their last match Played against 10 men for 86 minutes in that game. Um, I mean, that is absolutely atrocious, isn't it? And Dave, I've got to ask you this, right? We we watch a lot of football. We've covered Burnley a long time doing these shows. It's 2019. They've got Phil Barsley banging it up to Peter
3: Crouch. That's a joke, isn't it? It doesn't look great, does it? But uh, the thing is, if it works for them, fine. It's about winning football matches in their position. Um, and, And it looked like, for a time, that they'd found their rhythm again. And they, they pulled clear of trouble there, that terrible run. Then they went on a on a, on a very good spell over a num- seven or eight games. And we thought, OK, they're going to motor on now. Then they've lost the last few. And all of a sudden, they're back deep in trouble again. And I think, as David said earlier, if, if they're going to stay up, it'll be because Cardiff are worse as a, as opposed to them... Being worthy of themselves, to be honest, so, you know. But you would be very concerned if you're if you're a Burnley supporter. They're right on the brink.
4: They've conceded apparently nine goals at the 90th minute or later, mm-hmm. which is a worry for a side like, um, you know, Sean Dice's teams, who obviously work hard. You know, British style game, um, put everything into it. You know, your four 2s and they're trying to get back to that. You know, second balls, etc. But to concede so many late goals, you know, puts you under massive pressure. And they're not big scorers, right? And they've had the emergence of young Dwight McNeil, who's been who's been brilliant. Mm-hmm. But apart from that trained with the England first team over the international break kind of apart from that they've really struggled haven't they you know this season and they've got to start spending money I think Chris Wood is still their most expensive at 15 mil I think only Cardiff have spent less Mm. you know for a side that was in the Europa League last season you know, I think I think they got me investing a bit more.
1: So mm. you mentioned earlier on, you didn't see Cardiff having enough to stay in the Premier League. Why do you see Burnley thereby
4: having enough to stay? I think they've got better players, much better players. I think they've got a better manager.
1: Phil Bardsley, better player than um, yeah, than absolutely. What, what yeah,
4: I mean, I don't know what's. Has Phil, has Phil done anything wrong to you,
3: He's Phil? Thirty-five-year-old
4: <laughs> past it fullback. I just think it's well, odd. I just think Sean Dyche, he'll find He'd be it. playing up front at Cardiff. <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs>
1: Um, do you really think that each individual player I mean I'm looking at Harry Art. I think Harry Arter is better than what what they've got I think Joe Rawls is just as good Umar Nias I've always liked that chaos causing centre forward he's you know I like him the goalkeeper you know I think Neil Weatheridge is a good goalkeeper Tom Eaton's form has suddenly trailed off into the I think
4: Sean Dyche you know his his style is um, evolving and they're always evolving there in terms of they are what they are right they're not going to get away from their way of playing their way of playing is, and it's just a, a constant refinement of it, I guess, always looking for the next one. You've got to remember, look, they've sold the likes of Keane and of You players, know, they've yeah. lost a lot of good players. I mean he's brought so much money into that club and basically only really signed Chris Wood and a few others. So give me a bit more cash, a bit more time, it'll be fine.
2: I'm 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 with Dave. I think that the only reason Burnley will stay in the league is because Cardiff are worse mm. or get worse results from here on in. Lost their last four, conceded eleven goals. That's gonna affect confidence, whoever you are. Um Route one old school football worked to a point and has worked to a point are they being found out now? Mm. I think it's pretty simple.
1: And if you're going to get found out by anyone in the Premier League it may well be a team like Wolverhampton Wanderers who have been underestimated at times this season I think everyone has started to realise just how good they are and up front right now in Diogo Jota and Raul Jimenez, they may well have the best strike partnership on form right now in the league.
2: Yeah, I, I absolutely. And I think it's two completely contrasting styles that are going to face each other on uh, on Saturday. Um,
3: Wolves have struggled against some of the they, weaker teams, haven't yeah, they? Yeah,
2: they have. Lost twice against the, Huddersfield. Yes. They have. That, well, I mean, that, Were you about to
3: say that? Because we're
1: both equally shocked that that's happened. Yes. You, that's you, weird, get, isn't it? When
2: they've played the bigger teams, if you like, and I watched them the other week and I can't remember it was, they sat in and frustrated the bigger team because they knew they wasn't going to have a, as much of the ball. The Chelsea as, Was it the Chelsea it game? Was, it might have been Chelsea. Yeah. They knew they weren't City. going to have as yep. much of the ball, so they sat in. Where When they're playing the so-called lesser lights, the onus is on them to have more of the ball, and I think they're better at breaking up play and, and going, mm. um, almost like counter-attacking football. So they're going to be bombarded by high balls into the box long balls as you say from your mate Bardsley smacking it up the front
1: Stick it up Phil <laughs>
2: um, Change the
1: tactic do it from the other angle
2: And they've got to deal with that however I think they'll be expected to have more of the ball than Burnley so it'll be an interesting game this one Look they nearly beat Chelsea you've got to yeah. remember
4: yeah. at Stamford Bridge yeah. um, I've also seen them I've seen them at Molyneux against Man City again they sat in were deep you know try and break us down but look when you've you got Connor Cody you've got Willie Bolly, they've got enough height in their side I think to deal with any sort of threats that Burnley have, and going forward, I mean their possession play is so good mm. I mean, they've, they've been such a, a real great addition, they've really enhanced the Premier League, certainly.
1: Maybe some hope for Burnley that Wolves might be thinking, like Watford, uh, like Brighton, uh, about the FA Cup semi-finals coming up, maybe that's a little opening there for Burnley, we shall see. Uh, right, next up, five games to get through, quick fire, we're going to get to West Ham Everton next. <laughs> Right, let's talk West Ham against Everton. Saturday, 5.30, kickoff. West Ham suddenly look very good at London Stadium, the home of athletics and disappointment. Uh, unbeaten in six, four wins and two draws in that time. their best run uh, at home since under Glenn Roder back in 2002. Is that right? Under Glenn Roder? That was terrible. Anyway, apparently it's true. I believe the stats, man. David Connolly, what's changed about West Ham at home? You, did you the Huddersfield game, right? Were
3: you, were you playing around that time?
1: Yeah,
4: it was the next season, I think, yeah. uh, under Glenn Rohde. Yeah, yeah, but I, uh, they're not playing that well at home, let me tell you, because they were awful against Huddersfield. <laughs> absolutely awful. They should have been beaten. They are 3-1 down to the last 15 minutes. I mean, they were just dead in... They were absolutely awful atrocious apart from Hernandez came on and stole a couple of goals they didn't deserve anything out of that game um, they're gonna have to raise it here they they really are I mean
3: they should be seventh they should be competing for yeah. Europa both League both these teams will be thinking that won't they yes. they both spent big money in yeah. the summer and they'll both be a little bit frustrated with the season they've had it's not been disastrous for either for either team but not as good as they'd hoped absolutely not and look Arnautovic was pretty ineffective you've mm. got to say dragged off
4: uh, the subs came on and did really well so uh, Nasri uh, has got real quality you know he really has got to start this weekend Nasri he's, he's got to start yeah and the, the, I tell you what they've got to start better Declan Rice was disappointing he did look like the weight of the world was on his shoulders too much speculation on England hopefully now that game's out of the way you know and he's started and he's done well he'll settle down and start playing a little bit better because he certainly was off the ball look they were poor against Fulham as well apart from Rico helped them out because he's awful in goal um, so they've got to start raising it at home they really have West Ham give those fans something to cheer because there's an awful lot that go there and to me their performance has been really poor
1: and yet we're winning some games I'll take that it's a nice change of pace uh, with Everton Kevin Watson um, I thought it was interesting against Chelsea once again I think they look better when Andre Gomez, who, who may be their best midfielder, went off and Schneiderlin came on, him and Garner in, in that centre midfield together with Guilfi Sigurdsson ahead of them, that looks a better balance. It's odd in, sometimes in, in teams where sometimes you've got to sacrifice maybe the best player of a group for a better fitting trio, which they are, I think.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I like Schneiderlin. He hasn't had the best of times at Everton. He went for a really poor start there, didn't he? Um, but I, I like him. I like Sigurdsson. Um, I think he's a he's a terrific player for them. Is I, he a
1: success now, Sigurdsson at Everton?
2: I, yeah, I th- I, th- I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think he he's almost become, not a man, but it's the sticky games where you're looking for someone to produce a little bit of magic. He's the one I'm sure the Everton fans are looking to to produce that
3: little bit of quality. His numbers are good, aren't they? Yeah. You, know, if you look at I'm, the goals and the assists. And I think just the, the price tag was so high at the time that perhaps he was always battling against that expectation. But I think he's delivered Pretty much, what you'd expect him. twelve goals
1: in the league—that's six short of Aguero.
2: Yeah, he, he sets high it's standards. Bad, he sets high standards of himself. I mean, when he missed the penalty and then followed up and scored, you can see he celebrated. But he was like, "Why did I miss the penalty at start with?" Yeah. He's got high standards. I think both these teams have been consistently inconsistent, if you like, and I I, I yeah. wouldn't like to call what way this game's going to go. Well, I think, so let's
1: not, let's move on. Let's not, Because <laughs> it's impossible to do. Let's talk Brighton against Southampton. That'll be easy to predict. Uh, <laughs> Saturday, three o'clock, this one. Uh, David Walker, Brighton through to the FA Cup semi-finals, won the last couple of games in a
3: row. I think it's fair to say that we didn't see this level of turnaround coming in the last few weeks. No, but they, they can't really afford to, to just... Sit back and think of Wembley next week, can they? Because <laughs> they've they've got if they if results other other teams pick up points this weekend and they lose to Southampton and of course Southampton a direct relegation rival. They're right in trouble again, aren't
4: they? I tell you what, they're so lucky they're thinking of, of Wembley because they were absolutely awful against Millwall. They should mm. have lost yeah. uh, Brighton. It they was were a terrible huge mistake, wasn't it? The oh. goalkeeper, I mean, David Martin, who I know, he, he was at a club, uh, Wimbledon. Uh, yeah, it, uh, terrible error. Um, and Brighton, they're t- I tell you what, they're a hard watch they really are mm. they they don't really play any sort of attacking football quite dour the wingers are really ineffective um, up against a, a Southampton side I actually scored in this game about I don't know seven years ago um, and we were losing and we ended up uh, I think Jose Font got the winner we ended up getting promoted same as them um, but obviously now they're both playing in the top flight right both are having really good seasons but I just think do you know what I fancy Southampton here do I, you I really do yeah I mean they've, they've scored some absolute world class goals lately you know, the
1: highest percentage of goals from outside the yeah. area in any team in the league do you think that's a, a tactic from the manager to say just have a pop lad
4: well I don't think so I mean the likes of Jan Valery another youngster getting, getting his chance mm. you know popping up with goals Board Prowse who you know he was practicing
1: oh that free kick against Tottenham which one well oh, Tottenham one? Oh. Man
4: United yeah, I course. mean yeah. I've got to say when I, when I was there he would be practicing relentlessly modelled himself on a David Beckham with his technique you know and it's very similar <clears throat> I think Hassan Hurtle's had a really good impact here I think if Hughes had stayed, based on their points per game, they'd be on 18 points. Mm. So he's had a massive impact. Um, and also, they've been unlucky in a few games. So, do you know I, I fancied he's thrown away win here.
1: Funny how these two teams have had big moments that may have turned their seasons. I'm thinking about that James Ward-Prowse goal uh, against Tottenham, but also that Andone goal against Huddersfield for Brighton. If he hadn't scored that, Maybe they don't beat Crystal Palace. Maybe they don't beat Millwall. It's all changed on those great moments. And they, these two teams might need another one of those moments to stay out. Maybe we'll see it this weekend. Let's move on to Leicester against Bournemouth. Saturday, 3 o'clock UK time. This one gets underway. Leicester looking to win three consecutive Premier League home games for the first time since 2017 when they did it under Craig Shakespeare. Um, and against Burnley, we talked about it from a Burnley perspective, and understandably so. But with ten men... For 86 minutes, they bossed the game. And I thought James Madison especially was fantastic in that
2: game. He's a good footballer, isn't he? Um, I think Brendan, he's not silly. He knew that um, this was an opportunity for him to come in Mm. with a good group of players and do well. Um, Obviously, the first game against Watford, I didn't think they played that badly, actually. Um, They were unfortunate to to lose it in the last minute. New formation. I think we've been fair... uh, with 10 minutes to go, there was only one team going to win that game <laughs> and it, was, and so. it wasn't going to be Watford. But yeah. we know what football's like. Last minute, counter-attack, they lose. But you could see enough. You could see enough for him, what he's going to work with. And he's got good players. Um, doesn't surprise me they've won the last two games. I think they're they're exciting to watch. He'll get them playing, Brendan. He was the youth team manager at Reading when I was there. You could see all he wanted to do, football, football, football. No route one. It was play, play, play. And that's how his teams uh, are set up to play. Um, big fan, big yeah. fan. And I think he's got good players.
1: Could be the right boss at the right time, at the right club. Uh, on Leicester City as well, I want to ask you about Wes Morgan, uh, who scored the winning goal against Burnley, uh, David Connolly and signed a new contract as well. Important to have this kind of veteran kind of men around the squad if not the team
4: yeah I mean the likes of Morgan Schmeichel you know we can keep going Vardy they've been a key part of of that successful side haven't they you know and uh, uh, he's been terrific often I guess Um, Criticised, maybe thinking he's over the hill or he's past his sell-by date, we can get someone else but actually, you know, he's still showing his worth and, you know, Brendan Rodgers is not afraid, I don't think, to make those calls, you know, in terms of keeping the place a happy camp you know, I think he made arguably the mistake with with Stevie G at Liverpool you know, in terms of maybe shunting him aside a little bit too early, but I don't think he'll do that at Leicester with the likes of Morgan and Vardy
1: yeah, a good life lesson. Learning as a manager, who'd have thought it? Uh, that's something they can do. Uh, on Bournemouth, got to ask you about Ryan Fraser back to form as Callum Wilson gets back to fitness. That's not a coincidence, that is it? Really?
2: Not really. Um, again, enjoy watching him play. Old-fashioned, direct, quick runs at people. Um, I'm delighted to be back at Bournemouth after Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's you know he's a good footballer. Enjoy watching him. Creates chances. Um, delivers gets the ball in the box. Like watching him. Was yeah. it
1: Kazakhstan who beat him three 0 Yeah it was. Oh, but he didn't he didn't so
4: play then he didn't play because of the artificial pitch. And I think Was he uh, allergic? Yeah, it's the grass I think. <laughs> or non non grass. Hay fever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: They didn't play. I mean, that's not an acceptable excuse, is it? Artfield,
4: well, bridge? I believe that you know, you some some players do struggle on it. Uh, you know, when you go from one surface
3: to another. And in terms of an in- you know, getting injured. Getting injured,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's had his fair share of problems, Ryan Fraser. But it just shows you the value of a loan. I saw him at loan at Mick McCarthy's Ipswich. You know, and he applied his trade a, a little bit lower down. And now great to see him, obviously, the likes yeah. of Brooks and even Fraser, you know, doing well in the Championship. Bang, doing it now in the Premier League.
1: Let's go to Crystal Palace up against Hudders. Field Town, Saturday, 3 o'clock UK time. This one gets underway. David Connolly, is it fair to say that Crystal Palace would have had a better chance of making the FA Cup semi-finals if Wilford Zaha had played?
4: Yeah, I think so. Um, There's no doubt they do miss him, but how often have you said that this season he's been missing for an awful lot? Look, they're heavily reliant on him and Townsend and players like that, but actually Townsend, I think, has been the one that's
3: carried him a lot this season as opposed to Zaha. Can you you just imagine, right, next Wednesday... Palace away at Spurs, first game in the new stadium, Andros Townsend just cracks one in from 30 yards, spoils the party, doesn't celebrate. But I, I'm, with, I'm with Dave here
2: because everyone speaks about Zaha and for me he flatters to deceive. He really flatters to deceive. This season I've watched him numerous occasions, gets in the final third, trick step over, Cruyff turn, loses it. Nothing comes of it. He's
3: been better, hasn't he? Second half of the season, do you think? Since Batchwise come along, yeah,
2: a little bit. But I, I think Townsend has been arguably their best player. Yeah. He's he's been he's been super. Well, as well. The yeah, 2 the full right backs back. have been yeah. excellent. Yeah,
1: I think they might have an issue here, Crystal Palace, with James McCarthy and the way he plays. He kind of buzzes around like mm. he's a number ten, and it's all sort of a little bit like you know they're using. Uh, a wheelbarrow with a square wheel do you know what I mean he, he gets in the right position but it doesn't seem right it's all like he misses obvious chances I just wonder whether Kijate and in midfield with Max Meyer in front of them would be a better trio we haven't really seen that a great deal for Crystal Palace
4: oh, look they they need a goal scorer now they've spent so long messing around I think finally they've got Batshuayi I think who could be their number nine if they do sign him but again you know they they have loads of possession they do quite well attacking He's just in that final third you know putting balls in the box you know whether it's Ben Taker whether to me the key thing for for Roy Hodgson if it's not going to be Batshuayi which I think he could do the job mm, given a full, se- full season Yeah, given the full season, I think he could do the job, but they definitely need a striker.
1: Um, You were covering Huddersfield, as you mentioned, against West Ham. You must have been impressed by Carlin Grant, uh, who's already Huddersfield's top scorer. He's actually still Charlton's top scorer as well, having left them to to go to (laughs) Huddersfield Town this season. Uh, His goal to make it 3-1 at the time, fantastic. You just wonder where they may have been if during the summer just gone, they thought... I'm not sure De Poitra and Mooney are good enough yet.
4: Yeah, exactly. And uh, you've got to take your hat off to them and say, well, well done dipping down into League One.
3: You They'd know. still be in the bottom three. They'd just be a little bit closer to being <laughs> out of it. Yeah, probably. <laughs>
1: Maybe, okay. it's very harsh. He's a harsh man, but he's absolutely (laughs) right. He's absolutely right. Going to be tough for Huddersfield this weekend, as it's been all season, just maybe three weeks away now from confirming their relegation. Uh, Let's move on to one final game, Monday Night Football. Newcastle away from home on Monday Night Football. It seems to be a common occurrence. Do the schedulers just hate their fans? How does this keep on
3: happening? Get the popcorn ready, Les. So how do you see it going, Dave? What do you think? It's an Arsenal win, isn't it? Yeah, easy peasy. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, Newcastle might make it difficult for them in the way that they will. They will we try know to. Do. Exactly. Yeah, we how they exactly, but Arsenal, I think they're. In, I think they're as as David was alluding to at start of the show. I think, I think they're they're in a. Without many people talking about them much, the focus on the top four hasn't really been on Arsenal. we kind of accepted almost that they might have to settle for fifth or sixth, but I think they've got a good chance of being in the top four. I mean, that record won all six of their home league games in 2019, one of only
1: three teams in the 92 English league clubs um, grouping. Uh, to not drop a point at home this season. Man City and Sheffield United, the other two. Um, David Conley, Unai Emery has said, in recent weeks, they have showed personality. Have they showed Unai Emery's personality? Is that
4: what we're seeing now, an actual Emery side? Well, yeah, I think so. And obviously, what you can see every week when you look at Arsenal, uh, Unai Emery, is you can see some passion right on the sideline. He kicks every ball. He's, He's, I guess, the diametric opposite of Arsene Wenger who sat down the whole time he's up he's he's a bit like Pep isn't he Guardiola in terms of how he he coaches his team and look they've been disappointing always in the first leg of say the Europa League ties but then they just get the job done at home because they have got you know far superior quality to a lot of these teams and I think they're having a terrific season it's going to take him time you've got to remember they haven't spent that much money compared to mm. plenty of others I'm not too sure how much they'll spend Either they in a,
1: the
3: summer, they had a game the other day. Did you see that?
1: Yeah, out in Qatar, yeah.
3: Lacazette, scored. yeah. I just sort of saw it flash up on, on Sky Sports News. I was like, hang on a minute, what's going on here? Well, we need you know, a
1: winter break, slash fly to Dubai and play a game. Yeah.
3: Well, you know
4: what? It's all a con. I, I don't think there's too much in that because, for example, Southampton are going to have three weeks' break from their last game to this. To this game right mm. that's a long time now you ask any footballer there's a nice break and there's too long mm. and you can have a bit too long of a break and i think F- fergie was the master at this right sending his players off for a few days here and there but what i like about emory is he didn't say send them off so they all go in different places and they went off as a team he's trying to keep that unity you know that they're building something and i think you do need to have a game if you're not if you're not playing in yeah, yeah. Awesome. yeah but you can play so, brentford
1: can't you you don't I go see, to dubai <laughs> surely.
4: Well, it's warm weather. I feel, I, to be honest, I, quite nice I, f- I fundamentally agree with that. Hmm.
1: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, briefly on Newcastle United, wanted to ask you about Solomon Rondon. Did you know he could score a free kick like that as he did against Bournemouth last no. time out? No, I didn't
2: know. I he's didn't know he's that. certainly
1: growing, isn't he? Apparently, £16.5 million pounds to bring in him in permanently, but um, Mike Ashley don't fancy him, so... It could be a good buy for somebody at some
2: point I, I think he will be I think he will be I really liked him at West Brom um, it's a bargain that price isn't it if, Crazy, you're, isn't if it? you're playing a 4-5-1 4-3-3 three, three, whatever you want to call it where you have one man up top he's ideal for that I'm not saying he's going to he's gonna play at the very top in the Premier League but for the also runs, if you like mid table mm. he's, he's going to do a good job I, I liked him at West Brom went to Newcastle solid holds the ball up brings other people into play and, yeah, he'll be a bargain for someone, definitely.
1: Right, that's this week's preview show. Chaps, thank you very much indeed for coming in. Another show next week where David Walker and I will look in detail at the FA Cup semi-finals. Oh, it's so exciting! Can't wait for it. It's a for fan, by the way, I don't ever mention that. Um, <laughs> come on, you audits. Right, see you next week.